Welcome back to Bible Plus. We're in Galatians chapter 5, and we're right in the beginning of the heart of the Bible. If the Gospels are the movie, then the epistles are the director's commentary on who Christ is, what he did, what it meant, why it's important. And in the book of Galatians, Paul is fighting for the gospel. He is fighting for the truth of the gospel. He's fighting for the souls of the men and women that make up the churches in Galatia. And he's fighting for our souls. Those who would come afterward and would believe in the gospel would have saving faith and benefit from the truth of God's word and receive salvation in Christ as the spirit to live within and, and, and bring us forward in God's purpose. Paul is fighting for all of us. And, and this really, this really kind of constitutes the whole character of the book. As it opens, he's, he's telling his story, um, how, how God appeared to him on the road. The gospel he received is not from man, but he received it as a revelation from God. He, he rebuked Peter to his face because he was not walking according to this gospel. The gospel is not Christ plus anything. It's not Christ plus circumcision. That's what was so important to the Jews in the first century. It's not Christ plus being a good Jew. For our day, it would probably be something else. It's not, it's not Christ plus recycling. It's not Christ plus being true to yourself. It's not Christ plus being a stand-up citizen that, that, that engages in, in all kind of good social works. The, the gospel is Christ plus nothing. It's Christ alone, faith in Christ alone, through grace alone. That is what saves us. And, and Paul is, he's fighting for this. So that's chapter one and two and three and four. In chapters three and four, he, he's telling us what the law is for and, and it's, it acts as a child conductor. It acts as a guardian, a custodian, a, a nanny. If you ever had a good nanny, not, not like grandma and grandpa that are watching you who give you candy and anything that you want, but if, if you ever had a good nanny that was watching over you while your parents were gone, what does that good nanny do? Mostly that good nanny says no to you. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, that will hurt you. That's what the law does. And, and as it operates and tells us no, and we find out that we can't keep it, what that does is it actually reveals our need for a savior. It brings us to Christ. That's what the law is for. And the trouble that Paul is having is that the Galatian believers, they're going back to the law having received Christ, having believed into Christ, having made progress and, and having joy in the faith, they're now going back to the law because false brothers had told them, you need to be a good Jew. It's Christ plus being a good Jew. It's Christ plus circumcision. They're entering into maturity. They, they've received the spirit of sonship. Why go backward? That's what he's saying. Why go backward? In chapter 5, Paul's mainly covering the walk of God's children. And, and he's going to strengthen. He's going to strengthen the point that now we're free from the law. Don't go backward. Don't go back to that nanny. Now that you've received the spirit of sonship, now that you're entering into maturity, 
Don't go backward to the yoke of slavery. That's what he's going to describe being under the law as, as a yoke of slavery. The walk of God's children is not a life under the law. I hope you remember this. This is verse 18 in chapter 5. The walk of God's children is not a life under the law. It's a life by the Spirit. The walk of God's children. What do I do? After I've become a Christian, what do I do? Most of us think, oh, I, I do my best to be a good person, and I, I, try to, I try to keep the law, and I try to do, do this and do that and do that. Yeah, that's, that's what we think. But remember, this book is on Christ being versus religion. What do we do? How do we walk as God's children? It's not a life under the law. It's a life by the Spirit. So he begins in verse 1 through 5, strengthening his point. Don't be entangled under the yoke of slavery. I just want to bring out some of these phrases and highlight them for you because Paul is so strong because it's so important. If you become circumcised, verse 2, Christ will profit you nothing. Verse 3, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised. He's a debtor to do the whole law. Verse 4, you've been brought to naught, separated from Christ. You who are being justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Who in here wants to, wants to um, be counted as having fallen from grace? No, nobody's raising their hand right now. We don't want to be those who have fallen from grace. So let's just be those who receive Christ, enjoy Christ, and walk by the Spirit. Rather than, rather than being those who go, oh yeah, Christ plus, yeah, but I need to keep this and do this and, and say that and go there and do that. No, 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 that, that doesn't earn our favor with God. The gospel is Christ plus nothing. That's what makes us, that's what justifies us, believing in Christ, who he is and what he's done. Okay, so he's making this point. Don't be separated from Christ. Don't be entangled with the yoke of slavery the question that then comes up is, oh, okay, so you're telling me, especially from the kind of the religious mindset, uh, you're telling me I, I can just do anything I want then. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's be freed from the law. I, I can just live in sin then, and, and, and everything's okay. We're, we're all big thumbs up, right? You're just telling me I can live in sin and do whatever I want now. I'm, I'm free from the law. I'm quote, quote, free from the law. That's what Paul starts addressing in verse 13. You were called from, for freedom, only do not turn this freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Don't turn this freedom from the law into an opportunity for the flesh. Pick it up in verse 16. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you shall by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. Have you ever wondered, how can I overcome the lust of my flesh? I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was by trying to keep the law... But I don't seem to be very good at that. That's why I've promised God that I'll never do that and that and that again. And then I do that and that and that again. But I thought that was, I at least had to try. But how do I actually overcome it? Walking by the Spirit causes us to by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is an incredible secret that Paul is giving us right here. How do we walk as children of God? Is it by being under the law? No, it's by being by the Spirit. And if we walk in our daily life by the Spirit, we will by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What does the works of the flesh look like? 19, 20, 21, 
fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, factions, divisions, sex, envyings, bouts of drunkenness, carousings, and things like these. I think that's pretty obvious. We don't like those. We don't want to be that. What does a life by the Spirit look like? It looks like, verse 22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. If we're those who are enjoying God as Spirit, if we're living by Him, walking by Him, mindful of Him, breathing Him in, we're going to be those who have a life characterized by an overflowing out love joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Don't you want that kind of life? It's a life by the Spirit. This is what the walk of God's children looks like. It's not a life under the slavery of the law. It's a life walking by the Spirit, enjoying the freedom God has purchased for us in Christ. So if we live by the Spirit, verse 25, let us walk by the Spirit. If we live by Him generally, let us also walk by Him in a detailed way, specifically.